Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. As I mentioned a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago, uh, that I was on uh, a self retreat recently, just a, a small personal retreat at this um, small center for about oh six people that uh, can be accommodated there. A place called Silent Stay. That's quite good, and it was it was lovely to slow down a bit. Um, if you did nothing else but were silent, that slows you down. But to um, be silent and just be just practicing being as present as as you can, and meditating a number of times a day, and um, uh, just doing everything with uh, with more presence. And um, as one does that, as I did this, what commonly happens and did happen is you just start seeing subtleties of experience that normally are escaping your reality below the, the radar. Just the, the simplest mundane tasks, when they're done with mindfulness, there's a, a shift of your relationship to them. And I um, began to remember how amazing it can be to just do the simplest things and really feel connected with them. And I did some writing and was, was writing on just this, this topic and uh, wanted to share with you tonight about it, um, what really uh, struck me was when I was uh, preparing some lunch in this particular setup, there's a, a wonderful kitchen that you share with others, you know, it's when it's your time to go down, when you feel like going down, you're on your own schedule, there might be somebody there, there might not be, and there wasn't anybody there um, just a couple of other people that were practicing at the same time. And as I was preparing lunch, um, I was cutting this beautiful heirloom tomato. Now, doesn't that sound exciting? It was amazing. There I was, just cutting this tomato, and... As I was slicing it, it was like the magic of life just came through. There I was cutting this thing that was this beautiful, tasty manifestation of life that was grown, how does that happen? It was grown into from this little seed into this fruit, or this vegetable, I should say. A tomato is actually a fruit, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Even though we say, oh, tomato, that's veggies, but it's a fruit with all those seeds. And um, loving the taste of it, it was a delicious tomato. And um, just feeling that, wow, this has been grown just to nourish this body the beauty of it and the, uh, the, the taste of it. And it's just, its fullness of its destiny was to nourish this particular body. Thank you. Thank you. And then I cleaned up the, the stove as I had heated up some other food. And just in that cleaning the stove done with that presence, again, it was, 
it became a sacred act, just honoring this space and this appliance that had been built and put together for people to use and for me to use, and I could clean it. In that cleaning it, I was really um, connecting and loving and appreciating it. And that I was also doing it as an act of, um, of kindness for others to use. That didn't seem like much. Eating a tomato, wiping a stove, blew my mind. And um, I began to just see how the gift of slowing down and being present with some mindful attention penetrates into the through the the usual superficiality of life to feel connected with all things and i was thinking how wonderful to both have that experience on the retreat and to more and more remember and know that it's available outside of retreat as well so i've been playing around with that um since although it's so hard once the momentum gets going and the busyness it's so hard to um to remember to slow down but all it takes is a few moments just oh yeah here i am i'm alive how cool ah and when we do when i do um it reminds me of my the 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 doorway to spirituality for me, the doorway to, to a deep opening of the heart and mind that's available, that for many people is this um, avenue to practice of letting yourself be amazed by life. In one of the um, lists, it's been a while since I've talked about this, actually, probably a few years, there's one list of different kind of temperaments of people who are um, motivated to practice. Four kinds of temperaments. One temperament has the, the courageous effort that says, I'm going to do it no matter what. Let my bones dry up and my, my butt ache in my, you know, I'm going to sit here you know, until it kills me. You know, this what, what's called heroic effort and what is uh, known as virya idipada. The Buddha had this virya idipada where he was just so determined to find out the deepest kind of truth. And he had another, a number of these, but this particular one he is a, a, an exemplar of. Then there's another motivation where uh, you're motivated by realizing the urgency, the, the preciousness of, of this opportunity and the urgency to make use of this time. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in, a, in a little while. Um, but you just see, wow, I'm only here for a while and what's really important to me is to, is to wake up. Then there's... a another kind of um, motivation where you've been touched deeply by the Dharma. And it's so compelling that you just want to keep on touching that place of depth and purity and authenticity that, um, uh, that keeps you going. And that the rest of life almost pales in comparison when you've, when you've touched deeply that a glimpse into uh, another kind of reality. And then there's this fourth, uh, that's called Vimamsa Idipada. Oh, the, 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 uh, sorry, uh, that one's called Chitta Idipada. The one about urgency is called Vimamsa Idipada. And then you don't have to remember this, don't worry, but I'll just kind of throw it in. And then there's this, this fourth motivation where um, certain people have a temperament of just being very enthusiastic about things. Far out, 
that show, you know. And it's not that it's the right one or the best one, but it's one kind of temperament um, that can motivate people to practice. They just they just want to just for the fun of it discover and learn and are amazed by life. And that has always been one of my, um, that's been my doorway since a little, I was a little kid, really my, and I, I've mentioned this here before, when I was a, a little uh, boy, astronomy was the, was the big hook. I would read these books on astronomy and look at all these big numbers and then I'd drag my parents to the Hayden Planetarium and just look at the sky show and uh, be amazed. You couldn't see the night sky very well in New York, but Hayden Planetarium, there it was all there for you and somebody could just point with a flashlight and say, oh, there's, there we are in the middle of it all. And my basic response was almost always, was always, wow, wow. And there was something in that spaciousness that made me um, just let go of the little drama of being me. Mm. When I was a kid, I I had a lot of reflection on this during the self-retreat, and I wrote down some things about my uh, that that wow when I was a little kid. I had this book. I hadn't hadn't thought about this in years until just a couple of weeks ago. I had this big book called The Giant Book of Fascinating Facts. <laughs> Did you ever have one of those when you were a kid? Well, for me, this was like my Bible. The Giant Book of Fascinating Facts. I couldn't get enough of it. I memorized like everything in that book at some point, but it was like, how cool. Another fascinating fact. You know, we love to learn. Don't you love to learn? Until you get to school and then, oh God, do I have to do my homework? Oh, this is, you know, but good schools can cultivate that love to learn and nurture what is in us so um, so inherently, it's so intrinsically a part of who we are. And this can be, whether or not you're the Chanda Idipada temperament naturally, um, you, can, you have this place in you that loves to learn. And this can be a tremendous um, aid in practice. As I I love this quote from Einstein, he says, we can go through life seeing nothing as a miracle or everything as a miracle. The choice is ours. And I was thinking of Jesus' beautiful line, says uh, in the Bible, except something like, except ye be converted as children, you will not know the kingdom of heaven that unless you remember that child in you, you won't really know the kingdom of heaven. You'll be too busy being in your head and doing important things, important things, to see, to be amazed by life. The other night I was having dinner with um, Anam Tupton Rinpoche, who uh, going to do this day long with and he he wrote this book as I mentioned before the magic of awareness and we we share this kind of um, letting ourselves be amazed by by life and we were talking about magic about seeing the magic everywhere and um, and how as we were talking just we became like two little kids. Yeah, and, and there's this, and there's this. And, you know, isn't it cool? And it was, I'm sure the waitress was kind of saying, well, these are kind of old, older men, but they look like little kids, you know. And we were laughing. And, um, and I was remembering, um, actually before, 
I go on, maybe I'll, I'll just read a little bit of Anam Tuktan so you kind of uh, get, a, get a sense of it, of, of him. Maybe whet your appetite. Uh, let's see. I love that some of the titles of the, of the chapters, Crazy Love, An Ecstatic Way of Transcending the Mind, Melt into Love, The Art of Enjoying Life, Awakening to Our True Nature. Yeah, I'll read a little of this just to bring him into the room. Mm. One of the central messages in the Buddhist tradition is that quintessential nature of mind is that the quintessential nature of mind is already pure and immaculate. It is already enlightened. That is what is known in Buddhism as luminous mind. It is always residing in each of us as the indestructible dimension of who we are. Yet it is not to be mistaken as a sacred object or some kind of grandiose mystical entity, it can be immediately discovered when we stop entertaining concepts about it. Up to now, the human mind has the propensity to often miss what is subtle and profound. It tends to be distracted to what is coarse. This notion of luminous mind is very subtle, It can never be realized by theorizing about it or believing in it. On the other hand, we can be awakened to it in every instant if we allow for it. And what I wanted to share with you a bit is from the Tibetan uh, tradition, this word of emaho. Emaho, E-M-A-H-O, usually with an exclamation mark after, emaho. And I'd like to read to you a, a little bit from one of the most profound, one of my favorite uh, treatises on the Dharma called The Flight of the Garuda. And each of these songs, there's uh, how many songs in the first part of the book, there's 23 songs. Starts with Emaho. How amazing. This is it. Emaho. I, the untroubled and carefree renunciant, will now sing this song about the view entitled The Flight of the Garuda. It enables one to swiftly traverse all the levels and paths. Listen carefully fortunate children of my heart. He's he's asking you to be a child. Listen carefully, fortunate children of my heart. In both samsara and nirvana, the renown of the enlightened state is widely heard like thunder throughout the sky. Don't worry about not understanding all the concepts. Just kind of let them flow through. As this always remains within the minds of beings of the six realms, how amazing that one is never separate from it for even an instant. Not knowing that this state is within oneself, how amazing that one searches for it elsewhere. Although it is clearly manifest like the radiant disk of the sun, how amazing that so few see it. Having no father and mother, one's mind is the true Buddha. How amazing that it knows neither birth nor death. No matter how much happiness and sorrow is experienced, how amazing that it is never impaired or improved, even in the slightest. How amazing that without being fabricated, this mind, which is unborn and primordially pure, is spontaneously present from the beginning. This self-awareness is naturally free from the very first. How amazing that it is liberated by just resting at ease in whatever happens. 
how amazing emaho, how amazing that our, our true nature is here all the time, how amazing that we miss it all the time. So it's, it's not just, oh, fantastic. It's also, isn't that a mind blower? Kind of, you know, it's both how marvelous and how curious, how amazing. It boggles the mind. I'll read one more of these songs. Emaho. Now listen once again, fortunate and noble children of my heart. You feel like you're, like you're in kindergarten and you're going to hear a really good story. Listen once again, fortunate heart children, noble children of my heart. No matter which spiritual practice you may perform, it can't reach the crucial point unless you resolve your mind. It would be like standing directly in front of a target and shooting your arrows far away. It would be like letting a thief stay inside your house while frantically searching for him outside of it. It would be like having a demon at the eastern door and placing a ghost trap in the western entrance. It would be like a beggar who does not know that a stone in his fireplace is made of gold and goes around begging alms from others. For this reason, examine your mind to its root in the following way, my heart children. This so-called mind thinks and knows this and that and moves to and fro If you pursue it, it isn't caught, but vanishes, elusive as mist. If you try to find your mind or catch your mind or control your mind, if you try to settle it, it won't stay, but moves here and there and then disperses. You cannot pin it down by saying, that's it, that's my mind. Rather, it is an insubstantial emptiness. First, examine the source of of your mind, this knower of happiness and sorrow, where does it come from? Does it come from external phenomena like mountains, rocks, water, and trees, or the wind in the sky, from something solid or from something immaterial? Where can you find its source? If you think it comes from the semen and blood of your father and mother, how did that happen? While analyzing in this way and having found no source, Next, examine the upper and lower body, then the sense organs, heart, and so forth. At this very instant, where is the mind? If it's in the heart, is it in the top or the bottom? What kind of shape or color does it have? When you haven't found the dwelling place of mind after precise examination, try finally to determine where the mind goes when it moves. Through which door of the sense organs does it leave? When it reaches the outer objects in split seconds, does the body go or is it only the mind that goes? Or do the body and mind go together? In this way, examine and analyze, and so on and so forth. He's saying, just check it out. How did all this come into being? When I was a a, a kid, uh, and I write about this in in Awakening Joy, I would ask myself, this is the question that I came to call the big giggle. Capital B, capital G in my mind. How did I get here? What does it mean that life could come together in this form called me? Do you ever let yourself contemplate that? In fact, let's do it now, just for a moment, just for the fun of it. Because when I press that big giggle button, it just kind of turns me inside out. So maybe we can do it together. Just for a moment, relax. And ask yourself, what does it mean to be alive? I'm alive. How did that happen? 
and just relax into it. I won't say anything now for a little while and just feel aliveness moving through you. What does it mean to be alive? You are life expressing itself in this form. Without figuring anything out, just let yourself be amazed. You have to relax deeply to let yourself truly be amazed and give up all kind of thinking, but just being, giving yourself an openness to this mysterious fact that you're alive. Okay, you can open your eyes if you'd like. I don't know if you could touch just a little bit of that mystery of how you could know yourself, how life can know itself through you. But if you can, um, keep on coming back to that place from time to time. Emaho, how amazing. When I sit, when I practice, often what I share with people in, in retreat, I, I look at the breath sometimes as if I was a newborn baby taking my first breath. Uh, let's do that for a moment. Okay. You've just come through the birth canal and here you are about to take your very first breath in this lifetime. Can you be here for it? Here it is, the start of your life. And then another game. Just imagine being at the very end of your life, whenever that is, about to take your very last breath. Can you let go into the mystery? Can you be here for this very precious moment? And now, let go of the past and the future. And this moment has never been here before, like I said in the first, in the instructions. It's never been here before. It will never be here again. This is a moment of your life, a very unique moment. Can you be here for it? Okay, you can open your eyes if you'd like. Emaho. Sometimes I also play a game that I'm an alien in, and I've come into this human body and there I am just kind of checking out, oh, what does it mean for these guys to breathe? Oh, oh, this is what boredom is like for a human being. Oh, oh, this is what freaking out is like. Oh, look at that. Oh, just letting yourself be amazed 
instead of just, oh yeah, now there's this, now there's this. Oh yeah, oh, do I have to pay to pay attention to the breath? We just had one a moment ago, you know, big deal, we're going to have another one. You know. <laughs> I was, as, as I've mentioned here, my mom passed away um, a couple of months ago, and I was fortunate to be there right at that moment. And I've been there a few times in that, uh, for, for people's passing. I was there for my dad's passing the same way, right by his bedside. If you've ever been at the bedside of somebody who's leaving, it's one of the most mysterious, miraculous things. How many people have been there for a moment of death? It's like all of a sudden, consciousness leaves the body. And it's different than it was a moment before. What is going on there? Where, what was maintaining that being and where does it go? It's, it's quite amazing. I, I recommend it highly to be there for somebody as they're passing. And uh, particularly if, it's a, if it can be a peaceful passing, it's such a sacred act. It's such a sacred experience to witness. And of course there can be the loss and there can be the, the sorrow and the grief and the sadness, but it's also the most fascinating thing. What goes on there? In the Tibetan tradition, one of the um, reflections that brings this quality of emaho to light, to fullness, is reflecting on the preciousness of a human birth. This is exceedingly rare, even though there's about seven billion of us now, seems like, well, that's a pretty commonplace occurrence. And one, one fact that I, I love, it was in uh, Wes Misker's uh, book, Buddha's Nature. He says, uh, he, he's big on science and different scientific facts, that right now in your mouth, there are more organisms, more living beings than there have been humans since the beginning of time. Chew on that one. (laughs) And in the cosmology and, and in your stomach, there's many, 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 many more than that. In the cosmology of, of Buddha Dharma, the reflection on the exceedingly amazing preciousness of being born a human, which is thought to be the, the, the optimal existence to awaken. <clears throat> of course, this is an anthropocentric view, perhaps, but because in the human realm, there's both pleasure and there's pain, and we have a, a, the right mixture of both, we are not lost in all the the wonderful, seductive, pleasurable experiences, or we're not completely in our hell realms, in the lower realms, but you see pleasure and pain coming and going, coming and going, and it is uh, an optimum one for freedom. Very, very rare. And when you think about it, of all the forms to be born on this planet, you know, as, as crazy as it is to be a human, and with all the things that we are doing to this planet in our ignorance, it's also so amazing. We're one of the few sentient being species that can know itself. Perhaps dolphins can know themselves. Maybe whales can. 
but probably not a whole lot more besides that, that knows, oh, I'm alive. Oh, I'm part of life. So reflecting on this preciousness of, of human birth, not to miss it or, or miss the opportunity that you have to, especially to awaken if you've been at all uh, inspired to do that. So it's one thing having the preciousness of a human birth. It's another exceedingly rare to be able to hear the Dharma and even more to be able to practice the Dharma. And when I say the Dharma, I'm not just talking about Buddha Dharma because there are many wonderful systems of opening to the mystery of life, but particularly Buddha Dharma as a, a, a path to awaken that there's a body of teachings that can train the heart and the mind to wake up to itself. That's amazing. Here we are saying, oh yeah, I'm in Berkeley. All right, I think I'll go to the sitting tonight and sit for a little while. And, and what do I have tomorrow going on my, my list schedule? We're missing the fact we are born into this human birth. We are living in the Bay Area, a pretty cool place. And for those listening on the uh, 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 Dharma Seed, uh, wherever you are, uh, you also have very rare good karma to be interested enough to listen to a, a, a Dharma talk. Uh, and I hope that your life is good wherever you are. But for us, this is, this is a pretty good deal to be born and living in, in Berkeley uh, or in the Bay Area and then to want to come and meditate and to be able to share and be part of uh, Sangha, be part of community. It's so easy to miss it. Like it's easy to miss everything that's so amazing, like cutting, slicing a tomato. While I was on, uh, recently I listened to um, Brian Swim, who uh, I love, this kind of theologian, astrophysicist, who um, put this uh, film together, Journey, The Journey of the Universe. And he, he said, wait, I want to get this right, so I'm going to open up here. Here it is. Um, no, it's not. Here it is. If after the Big Bang, the universe expanded a millionth of a millionth of a second slower, it would have collapsed on itself. And if it expanded a millionth of a millionth of a second faster, it would have exploded with no chance of matter forming. I don't know how they figured this out, but that's what they did. I believe him. If Brian Swim says it so, I believe him. It was the exact perfect rate for everything to come into existence. Isn't that amazing? A millionth of a millionth slower or a millionth of a millionth faster. So it's like life isn't an accident. It's like there's this mysterious perfection that's calling forth this whole physical reality out of nothing. It's, it's as if life wants to happen. How amazing. How amazing. And yet we can get bored. You know, there's a, a line I love, Nisargadat Maharaj uh, says to this uh, one, he was a, a, a very profound teacher who lived in India and, uh, and died the last part of the 
20th century. And this student came to him and he said that he was bored. And he says, you've done the most amazing thing. You've turned life into something that's boring. You've done the most amazing, you've made life boring. Amazing. (laughs) Fritz Perls uh, says boredom is really lack of attention. So I think to to end this piece, what I want to do, it's been a little while since I've done it, maybe a few years, is um, play for you my essence of uh, Dharma practice, of my Dharma practice, um, which uh, maybe you've heard. Um, It's three minutes and 42 seconds, and it's all about Emaho. So, um, fortunate heart children, noble children of my heart. It's got a little bit of, well, I won't say anything. Just bear with it for a few moments. Take it as a meditation.
remembering and feeling and loving the mystery right now. Well, we have just a, a few minutes if there's any anything that comes up from the talk or this perspective. Uh, the book of, of, that Emaho, The Flight of the Garuda. The mystery. Um, sometimes I just leave it as a mystery, um, but I'll uh, I'll mention it. Actually, uh, was from Da John, who wrote a children's book, and that was a young boy in his community who definitely understood the book who's now about 35, I'm told. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, here, why don't we... Uh, here, Andrew. Thanks. Uh, just a note for everybody. I have that on a CD you gave me for the joy class, mm-hmm. and I can insert that into this talk, so, uh, mm-hmm. because in the beginning it was a little difficult to Yeah, hear. I, I'm sorry I didn't put, uh, put the right mic. So it'll, it. be, it'll be on dharmaseed.org uh, under this talk, so uh, if you want to listen to it again, I'll, I'll do that. Beautiful, okay, yeah. Yeah, so Jaime can just, you'll, you'll just put it in at that, that point, you'll put in a, a good, uh, good hearing of it, thanks. Anything else? Okay, so um, let's close with a a short loving kindness. And I really do encourage you to um, just slow down every now and then and reflect on the fact that you're alive. And when you're, the next time you're slicing a tomato, may you get enlightened or cleaning your stove, or taking out the garbage, or looking at a sunset. Just play around with um, slowing down and seeing that life is happening right now. And all it needs is your loving presence, your interested presence to honor it with your attention to make it come alive. So first uh, going inside and connecting with that fact of your aliveness and wish well for this form called you May I feel all the goodness inside, appreciate it, and share my gifts well. May I see through all my confusions and fears to a place of true understanding and love.
may I awaken to my true nature. Beyond my limited sense of self to understand who I really am. The mystery made manifest. And then to share that with everyone here and with all beings in all directions all wanting to find happiness and peace, most missing the truth, the reality, while they're living in their own smaller reality, may all see the deepest truth of who they are and share their love well. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. So, thank you for your attention. Have a good week. Be present for it. Enjoy it. Have fun. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.